Hello and welcome to the Leaner Stronger podcast. Today I'm going to run you through what diet you should follow for weight loss, the considerations to be making when choosing how to follow a diet for weight loss and actually run you through a process where you can individualize and make your own up based on the principles that these common diets have. So let's get to it. So a question I get asked a lot by clients is, especially early on in their journeys with me, is what diet should I be following for weight loss? What's the best diet to be following? Then they'll usually tell me about kind of diets they've tried in the past. And before I go any further, I just want to kind of reiterate for this podcast that we're just going to be talking about one variable of this whole energy deficit, energy manipulation uh, equation, so to say, because as I've said previous, we have a few things we can manipulate to result in weight loss. And the diet nutrition side is just one aspect that we're going to be focusing on. So it's because you can manipulate the energy outside. So that's kind of like your exercise, your training, daily movement, things like that. Um, we're going to ignore that for today and this is for those of you that actually feel comfortable and ready to change your nutrition side of things to result in weight loss or to get your to reach your weight loss goals and I think when it comes to the diet side of things choosing a diet choosing how to diet for example before you get into the nitty-gritty of that we need to be thinking about whether you are ready mentally and physically to change and I spoke about this on the calorie deficit podcast I think it's number 10 and are you actually ready to make these changes so presumably or presuming that you have assessed these things within yourself or with your coach which would be a really useful idea for something around this if you've if you've struggled in the past making these decisions and actually having success long term with these things um, presuming you are ready and you are willing to change. We need to understand how the diets work. And essentially, we know that they're going to be putting us into an energy deficit by reducing the number of calories and the amount of energy that's being fed in because the nutrition sits on the inside of the equation. So remember, kind of what happens with your weight is based on how much energy in versus how much energy out and if the in outweighs the the out then you will gain weight if it's the same you will stay the same weight and if it is less so you're consuming less energy than you are expending then the chances are we're going to be losing weight and body fat so when it comes to which diet is best it's a funny question because they a lot of these diets all run from the same principles, i.e. they put you in an energy deficit with some sort of rule base. Now, I think it would be a really good thing over time if we start just forgetting these names of these diets. <clears throat> and over the years, from personal experience, I've tried a lot of these things as my interest has grown in the world of health, fitness, nutrition, as I was studying sports science, um, even into my master's, my interest in intermittent fasting, for example, took over. And that's where I done my thesis because I had a, an interest in that area. 
So I've tried intermittent fasting, I've tried low carb, I've tried very, very low carb. Uh, I've also tried low, low fat, high carb diets. And yes, to an extent, I've seen semi results in all of them in different aspects. Some I enjoyed more than others, some I really didn't like, didn't get along with and didn't stick to, for example. But what I can say over these things from, and now learning the things and knowing the things that I know now, I wouldn't get wrapped up in specific diets and their names and and sticking to their things and kind of becoming part of whatever, you know, uh, all of that kind of stuff. But actually what you can do is learn the different aspects from these things that work for you and then start to implement them for yourself in almost like your very much individualized diet, which is what I obviously want to get through and help you almost build today. So I guess with that, it comes with trial and error and it's a learning curve throughout. So I wouldn't get wrapped up in if you start one way and some aspects of it don't work for you, even if they theoretically look like they would. So you can just start learn keep just keep learning and and don't give up on these things because the principles do work but you just need to find the the methods in which to apply these principles i.e getting yourself into an energy deficit that works for you and that is how you you will see success in your weight loss um and fat loss targets and then also then also we can transfer transfer the same principles into the maintenance phase thereafter but When it comes to the, like I said, we're going to focus on the fat loss, weight loss side of things today. So when it comes to actually changing your nutrition, there's some considerations that we want to be making for these things. And like I say, it doesn't matter whether you're choosing a certain diet or you're building one with a coach or you're just nicking aspects from here, putting it into that. But one of the considerations we want to be making is how long and severe do you want to make this diet? And essentially it's a time frame. So... If you're looking to lose a large amount of body fat in a short amount of time, which can be done and can be maintained, we're looking at quite an aggressive tactic for fat loss. And I think some of the things that you need to consider if choosing this means that you're going to have to have, it'd be a really good idea to have really good habits that are already in place for when the diet ends because these are quite severe and quite short it means that you're going to be trying to put yourself in a larger energy deficit than something that may be longer and they may appear and feel harder in the short term for a lot of people because that energy deficit is so large so you are increasing the chances of experiencing hunger because you're in, you're and you're increasing that restriction. Uh, you know you're going to have less options available to you potentially um, for a smart way of being in an energy, a large energy deficit, which may increase your stress and things like that, and increase your tiredness or decrease your energy to go day to day. So if you're someone that's super busy and gets stressed quite a lot and and things like that, then 
going into a really hard and short deficit may not be the most ideal thing for you. But if you feel like you can handle this for such a short term, you know, we're, when we're talking short term, we could be thinking anywhere from like two to six, eight weeks. And I think another thing when potentially going here is that you need to have a good relationship with your food. So understanding there are no good and bad foods for this. We can diet on any food that we like. But if you're going to have such a large energy deficit, then we need to be thinking, okay, well, there'll be some foods that are smarter to have within my diet compared to others. You know, if you're going to be in a a thousand calorie deficit, which can be done safely and okay for short periods of time, having McDonald's and takeaways and very high calorie foods isn't going to be particularly facilitative of results when you're trying to maintain such a large energy deficit. But that's not to say they're bad and that you can't have them at any point for the rest of your life. So it's not a, it's just a, it's a removal, but part-time type thing from there. And then when you get back to a maintenance phase where your calories are a little bit higher and you have more energy to be able to consume, then maybe they can fit back in. So there's some considerations to be making for a, a like a, a short, aggressive diet phase. But then on the flip side, you could choose to have a longer and a less harsh, less severe energy deficit over time, which is fine, but that's cool. You know, doing these things over time, if, if we think about, if we just get it right once, then we may not need to do it again quite so much. You know, if you've if you're someone that's quite overweight and you really want to try to get down to a lower weight and you've never been able to do it before, maybe taking your time and building the habits along the way would be really, really useful. So if you're someone that doesn't quite have the habits to be able to maintain a weight loss, and you'll know that because if you've had a go at dieting in the past, lost loads of weight, but then rebounded back up I suppose or added some more to where you were previous there is a chance that you may not have built habits that work for you that you can then maintain your weight loss thereafter so a longer less severe dieting phase may be useful for those of you that need to build these habits it just gives you that time to do so also with a long one you have less restriction more flexibility with your food choices while still being able to maintain that energy deficit, which could potentially lead to less hunger and obviously less food restriction, less tiredness on average, and can also give you less of a food focus sometimes um, because once you've built that understanding of how food works and with the less severe deficit, you may have more options to choose from. You might like that. when it comes to like a longer, less severe one, it'd be really useful to have periods of maintenance along the way so you can always get your habits, build the habits, then have a period of time where you maintain a set weight to really reinforce those habits and then go back into the dieting. So we could be looking anywhere from three months to a couple of years for this kind of phase if you wanted with the breaks along the way. It depends on how much weight you want to lose, for example. And it's fluid. You can decide over time whether these things need to continue or you could stop and go, right, I think I'm done. I'm happy. Let's go from here and then look to build, etc. 
But either way, irrespective of which length you choose, they both can result in large amounts of weight loss, fat loss, and they both can be maintained thereafter to an extent, depending on how you know how low in body fat you go. There's, there'll be a level where you don't want to maintain it because it'll be too low. Um, but for the people that I work with and my clients, we'll get to a stage where you're happy and you're feeling good, feeling great, feeling strong, and then hopefully then maintain that. But they both can be maintained. So that it's taking in those other things into consideration before choosing which way to go about. Because the one thing you don't really want to be doing is getting roped into the idea of just quick and fast just because it gets you there quicker. In Realistically, if you've done quick and fast diets before that you haven't been able to maintain the results and we're now a few years down the line, it hasn't got you there quicker because you're still here years later in the same position looking to lose weight. So actually, if you just now take a year of your life to really focus and hammer these things slowly over time and build it into your lifestyle so it's routine and sustainable, you will gain back potentially the next 10 years of yourself yo-yoing up and down. So actually a longer, less severe deficit may be quicker than multiple short, harsh ones that you can't maintain. So you've got your you've got your time frame. We've then got the I suppose the deficit size. So the considerations to be making when we choose how strong a deficit we're going you want to go in. So slower ones, so smaller energy deficits for that long and short can probably be anywhere if we want to say small probably between 500 and 100 calories in deficit. When we want to then break into the nutrition of that, there's going to be a slightly less protein focus, potentially. So you're not going to have to, you can get away with consuming less protein, which is tough for a lot of the clients I work with. Eating large amounts of protein is actually really, really tough. And in terms of how much is a lot, etc., most people probably want to be consuming around 1.5, 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of their current body weight. So that means if you're an 80 kilo individual, if we use 1.5 because the maths is a bit easier, you'll want to be consuming a minimum of 120 grams of protein per day on average, there or thereabouts. And then obviously up to double. So if you go to, you can go two or more grams of protein per kilogram, you know, so that could be 160 plus. Now, that could be quite tough for a lot of people, but that's a good place to start. If we choose to have a very large deficit over a shorter period of time, we increase the, the chances of losing muscle mass because the body will have to start breaking down things to provide that energy that we're restricting. And, it, and one way in which we can maintain as much muscle mass as possible is by increasing our protein intake to higher levels, which is probably considered two grams or more per kilogram for the normal person. Not We're not talking athletes here. And two grams per kilogram can be quite difficult to get for a lot of people. 
But if you are going to have that aggressive diet over a short period of time, you probably want to be trying to push those numbers to maximize your body fat loss and minimize your body muscle loss. But that also means when you're in a large energy deficit, that means if you're going very high with the protein, your carbohydrates and fat intake is going to be pretty low. So it will mean having that focus around the high protein foods, less of the other stuff. We just need to understand that's the choice you're making. It's not good or bad. That's that's one of the more optimal ways to go about it, I suppose. So you need to make sure you, you understand that's a decision you're making. Whereas obviously if you go for the, the smaller deficit over a longer period of time, you can probably get away with less protein towards the 1.6, 1.5 grams per kilogram number. And then naturally because of that, you have more carbs and fats available to you. Plus also you'll have a larger energy intake available uh, to make it up. So it won't feel quite so restrictive. Another question we get, I get asked a lot about this is almost then, does my meal timing or my meal frequency matter within my diet? Is there certain times of day I should eat? Should I stop eating at a certain time? Uh, should I eat six meals? Should I eat three meals? Should I eat one meal? And again, if we look at it purely from the perspective of weight loss, these things don't really matter providing we're within our energy deficit and sticking to that principle, body weight and body fat can be reduced. But again, we need to look at it from your perspective. What will work for you on a day-to-day -day basis? And this can change day-to-day -day depending on what happens for you. So having that flexibility can be useful. So you want to consider consider some things around this though that not necessarily for weight loss but if we think the later you eat in the day you may affect your sleep quality because if you eat just before you go to bed the body wants to kind of digest the food and it takes away from its priority of giving you very very good sleep and good sleep is a piece of the puzzle for good recovery and it may affect your hunger the next day, for example, and over time and your stress levels, which then can have effects on the amount of energy you consume and therefore your deficit. And you can see how these things almost snowball into one thing. We need to think about your hunger levels through the day. How hungry do you get? So in terms of the timing of your food consumption, if you're someone that says to me, I get hungry in the morning, and then you're trying not to eat until the afternoon and you're hungry the whole time, then it just doesn't make much sense in terms of working for you, does it? Um, so you would have some food in the morning when you're hungry and you're trying to prevent this hunger as best as possible uh, because hunger isn't ideal. We just don't want to be hungry all the time it's just not a nice experience um, and it's not going to be a great experience for you when dieting either but, you know so if you're someone that gets hungry relatively often then we're probably looking to feed you relatively often if you're someone that doesn't get hungry on the flip side and you can 
wait until lunchtime to then start eating and then you're happy to cut off, you know, like a, like an intermittent fasting style, say, for example, from 12 till 8 p.m., then if you're happy eating your food, then, then that's fine. That's If that works for you, that works for you. If you are someone that likes sticking to rules, so to say, then stick to these rules that you give yourself. Just allow yourself the flexibility. Say, for example, you do have a day where you're hungry outside of your time zone, then allow yourself to eat these things. Then, you know, it just becomes a bit easier. Like you say, you understand the decisions you're making based on the principles at hand. Another thing I get asked around this is what types of food should I include in my diet or should I take out of my diet? And I've said this, I've kind of alluded to this already, but don't exclude anything as if it is bad or or not good for you. But we just want to be, you know, where we're trying to keep in an energy deficit, it will likely be more ideal for you to be choosing very low, or not even necessarily very low, but lower energy foods because they will allow you to consume more of them so they call it food volume which will potentially have the effect of filling you up more so and keeping hunger at bay across the diet for longer but this isn't to say you can't have higher calorie foods at any point like i say if you wanted to just have mcdonald's ice cream chocolate if you were to stick within your energy deficit then you will still lose weight and body fat But the thing is, the decisions you're making with that is that if you choose to have these higher calorie foods, then you won't have much room for much more food across the day which then may increase your hunger and then that may lead, you know, some of the the side effects from there may just kind of stress you out and annoy you etc 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 so just understand the decisions to be made it's not these these things are bad but they just might not be the smartest choice right now to keep you in that energy deficit so some of the foods i suppose you'll be looking at vegetables are going to be your friends here if you're a meat eater lean meats because they're going to be low in calories but higher in that protein again protein has the effect of keeping you feeling fuller for longer compared to some other foods things like greek yogurts are always good it's different to the meat aspect you've got sugar-free drinks and squashes are useful really really useful um if you do like having the odd fizzy drink here and there or just even like something other than water these sugar-free squashes are great they're very low calorie you don't need to worry about any side effects of sweeteners they're as far as we know, they're not dangerous to you. And the quantities at which you have to consume these things are very, 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 very high. So from that aspect, you don't have to worry too much. Then when it comes to foods, okay, if we've now, okay, we've chosen our foods and we have kind of the foods that you don't mind having within your diet that help keep the energy lower, keep you within your deficit, Variety then might be something that concerns you. So you want to be looking into just maybe using different spices, 
different sources and just again understanding that sources are likely to have more calories within them than spices but what can you do with dinners and you can just get a little bit creative with these things char and i have been using the pinch of non books for example um since we received them for christmas um and they're really good you can get some really good calorie or low calorie meals i think there's a book totally under 400 calorie per meal and they taste good it's just learning new ingredients and, and spices and combinations of such to create these meals so you can get creative with it which is nice um, so yeah, so it's, it's trying to include foods like that. And there, there are a lot of considerations when it comes to these dieting, this, you know, this dieting phase and losing weight that you want to be making, whether it's just, you know, by yourself deciding how to go about these things or whether you're working with a coach as well. So I think a good coach will talk with you about potential aspects of your lifestyle where, they're taking these things into consideration rather than just saying follow this without giving you an understanding of what this will do for you and stuff, you know. And I really think building an individualist an individualized nutrition protocol for yourself is a really smart idea long term. So when you don't have a coach and you understand these principles, you understand the decisions, you can make them when the time is right for you and go f- forward from there so we just again in in kind of like a summary so to say then we need to understand that there's no real one-size-fits-all diet understanding decisions to be made and the considerations there are will help you individualize your own and make help you make the choices that work best for you we need to understand the pros and cons of a short aggressive diet versus a longer less aggressive diet which one might work for you at that specific time in your life understand that the habits that are needed understand the habits that are actually needed to maintain your results thereafter have you got them in place already or do you need to build and layer and add some habits or or change some of your habits that will facilitate maintenance thereafter you've lost your weight and are you ready for either of these are are you even ready to diet in such a way and obviously we've presumed at the beginning that we were but if you're not sure we need to actually just make sure you are ready to make these changes in your nutrition meal timing doesn't matter meal frequency doesn't necessarily matter per se specifically for weight and fat loss So you want to be making these things sensible and realistic for yourself. And you probably want to pay some attention to your food choices. Be smart with them, but understand the consequences of your choices. Consequences sound harsh, but just understand, you know, if you choose a higher calorie meal, you know you're going to have less calories for that day. So it's just understanding these things and knowing how they're going to affect you in the grand scheme of things. So I hope that was useful. If you are having any troubles with these things, understanding how to set up these diets, because there's a lot of information there, so it can be quite overwhelming. Drop me a message, email me or send me a message on Instagram. Tell me that you really need help setting something up, setting up the diet or just talking through what 
options you have that work for you, I'll be more than happy to help you out. So please just send me a message. Don't sit there struggling um, and don't sit there not doing it if it's something you really, really want to do because otherwise you won't get going with it. And yeah, so hopefully you've enjoyed that. I'd love to hear any feedback that you have on that if or what parts of this that you're going to use. So drop me a message and I look forward to hearing from you.